Sounds like something's bouncing down the staircase. Hello and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Guys, I'm Aaron, your Dungeon Master, and I am joined by the Crazy Cats, Felix and Key. And in a moment, they're going to reintroduce themselves and they are going to tell us what their character's favorite pizza topping is and why. Roll to see who goes first. Hello, my name is Adam. I am playing Felix. Uh, I am a tabaxi sunsoul monk. Like favorite pizza topping is in like a single pizza topping or favorite like type of pizza? Pizza topping. Topping. Yeah. Like, oh. It doesn't have to be a traditional one either. It'd be like what one would Felix like on a pizza? Oh, what would Felix? Oh, <sighs> It would be sardines. Oh, oh sardines. Wow. Yuck. I know, right? I like fish. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, I'm Lullaby and I'm playing Key, a Shadow Monk Tabaxi. And um, his favorite um, pizza topping would be the equivalent to, in our world, pineapple on pizza. Muchly debated. I am on the side of yes. So something equally um, probably divisive. In the fantasy world, I'm going to say it, peaches on pizza. Oh, peaches on pizza. Peaches oh, for me. me. <laughs> uh, and I'm Aaron. I'm your dungeon master. And the thing that I would like most on a pizza is cheese. Cheese needs to be on a pizza. Yeah. In any fantasy setting, in any world, cheese needs to exist and it needs to be on pizza. Sorry for the lactose peoples. Yeah, well, you can get lactose free. It just doesn't melt properly. Get that weird burning. Doesn't taste very nice. But anyway, on to the game. This tale begins after the untimely death of Key at the hands of Avery Morgan. His crown killer journey had come to an abrupt end. As his body remained in the Sea of Thieves, his soul made a journey of its own to Duros, the underworld, and to the River of the Dead. Key wasn't alone here for long, however, he was reunited with his long-lost friend, Felix Kitten, who had been similarly departed on an adventure of his own. After boarding the ferry and being drawn by a feeling of instinctual unknown, the two cats encountered Delnak the outcast, who offered them a way out if they wished to take it. All they had to do was retrieve an ancient elixir found by a long dead champion of Duros. Could they trust him? <laughs> no. But did they have a choice? No, nothing was as it seems for the pair in Duros as their odyssey continued. As rest finds you both, you are in a meditative sitting position. You feel the to and fro rocking of the boat that seems to be traveling to its destination. Upon occasion, you open your eyes and look back and you can see Paro continually pushing the boat forward along the river of the dead. You try to make out features of the face, but you're unable to do so. It's almost like it's a void as you're looking into it. You close your eyes again, rest finding you, your wounds seem to find some closure. And as you open your eyes again, you're sitting on a cold stone floor. Key, you look towards Felix and Felix opens his eye and realizes as well that he is sitting next to you, no longer on the boat. You don't know how you got here but it seems you're at the next part of your destination. Looking around, you can see the room that you are in is lowly lit, almost as if it's from the tiles themselves that you are sitting on. 
You can see they appear to be made of stone, but there are some wooden fashionings around the walls. No windows. And there appears to be candles around the edges of this space. You can see a stairwell behind you that seems to lead into a dark void. And a stairwell in front of you that seems to lead into another stone room. Are there any markings anywhere? Roll a perception check. 22. 22. Looking at the walls around, you can see that there seems to be some scripture-like markings that seem to denote fire. You look towards one of the other wall panels, and there seems to be four. Two on the left wall and two on the right wall. One seems to emanate these fire-like symbols, as you can see, uh, swirling-like patterns that, that show this. The one next to it, almost its opposite, you can see water. And on the other wall, you can see air and fire. Seems this room encompasses the four elements. So any... You can see the stairway that leads down. It is dark down that hallway, but it still seems to be to be able to be traversed. Yep, and that leads into another room. Yes. Key, as you take in this space, you can see Felix looking around, but all you hear is this slow grinding noise, almost like steel on a stone, and it's consistent. It's almost like tinnitus in your ear. It won't go away. You shake. It doesn't leave you. So it's just temporal? It's not actual... Sound you, you, coming you from know. a direction? You okay. Don't know. Can I try to make out if it's coming from a direction? You sure can. Roll a perception check. Um, also, just a point. Is it my left eye that's going or my right eye? Your left. So you have your right eye. 15. So with a 15, you cover both of your ears and the sound seems to be dulled. So that tells you that it's probably not in your head. Okay. You move towards the front of the room where the staircases are descending into the darkened room beyond and you can hear it almost getting louder down that way um with my dark vision and devil sight can i can i see in this dark void it seems to be a descending staircase there is no landing that you can see at this moment it seems to descend into darkness you can't see through it just seems to almost be like it hasn't hasn't loaded yet hasn't apparated yet yeah besides candles can we see any other items in the room you can see the panels along the wall as well um, I will get you to roll a history check with advantage as well. Six. Sixteen. So, flat sixteen. As you look around this space, as Felix takes it in and you hear the grinding sounds, you've been here before. This is the meditation chamber of the way of the four elements. This was your old monastery. You know what happened here. You hear that grinding sound again. And as you listen closer, down, creeping towards the staircase and daring to open your senses to what lay beyond. You hear the sound of a hammer hitting the back of a nail and screams after every impact. You hear the sounds of swords and fire erupting below and screaming, almost echoing through this space. You hear the unmistakable sound of trained footsteps running in tandem across the stone floor. You hear others being muffled and slaughtered in their sleep. And as that moment, I turned to Felix to say, Felix, I know exactly where we are. What is that? Well... I haven't, I haven't told you too much of my past, but I might have mentioned that uh, in my very early years before I was at the Shadow Monastery, I was in servitude at the uh, Way of the Four Elements Monastery. Did I mention that to you? You did. Okay. Well, um, this is at the actually very end of my tenure at this, at this place, and this place is under siege by the fire monks of Baltar. We're in great danger right now. It's at that point you hear a swinging sound and the sound of something metallic hitting something fleshy once, then twice, then three times and four. And then you hear this 
Sounds like something's bouncing down the staircase. To that point, you watch as your vision goes black. And then a moment later, you're sitting back in the space that you once were when you awakened here. Felix, you look around and see the four elements on the walls. Key, you see the candles lining the edges. You begin to hear that grinding again. Oh, don't think we can run. Can you hear that grinding noise? You do not, Felix. No. Okay. Well, I can hear a grinding noise, and when I close my ears, it dulls. That means it's not just in my mind, there is something happening here. believe, since you are aware of this place, this might be something tailor-made for you. Do I remember the staircase at all, or is this just like a... You remember this room being a place where you had meditated previously. It doesn't seem to hold any significance to the memory of the sundering of this place when you were there, but it was definitely a room that was present within the monastery. It's at that point as well as you're wondering this, you again hear the sound of a metallic hammer hitting something. And after every hit, a scream, four hits, one, two, three, four, and you hear a scream again. And then it's at that point you start to hear the sounds of muffled slaughter, footsteps on stone. You hear fire erupting around this area once again. I turn to Felix to say, look, I can hear these hammer noises and uh, don't freak out. But what's happening? The fire monks are besieging this monastery. They are literally crucifying people upside down. Start moving towards the staircase. As you begin running down the staircase, both of you together, your feet hitting the stone as much as you can, you begin to hear the sounds of four swinging strikes hitting something almost like a tree trunk. One, two, three, four. Then you hear again. As it hits floor below, you begin moving down this staircase that seems to be going on forever and ever and ever, and every step you take, the darkness seems to recede a little bit. Eventually, you get down into this opened room. Around you, you can see that the rocky structures that hold the building aloft seem to be brought down and burning. You can see stone columns seem to have been toppled over, tapestries burnt, and over on the far wall, about 40 feet away from you, you can see upside down one of your previous senseis. Nailed to the wall, left to die, blood dripping and pooling below him. I see all this as well. Mm-hmm. And can I hear it now as well? You can hear it now strongly once you're in this area. Key, can you please roll a d20 sanity check for me? So that's just a nine. Okay, so that is one failure on your sanity roll. You are starting to become erratic. This is activating some stress as you're seeing this. You begin to hear, again, the axe grinding. It's louder in this space. You look to him, Felix, and you can see that he is getting agitated. Put my hand on his shoulder. It's okay. It's just a memory. I kind, I kind of recall um, for a brief second and I look at Felix and I sort of gasp. Okay, thank you. Something's starting to take a hold of me. Just we- remember what happened. You'll know what to do. That's the problem. I am remembering what happened. You'll know what to do. Let's push on. You can see this room is larger than the one you were in. It's about 40 feet wide and about 80 feet long. You remember this to be the main chamber of the uh, the Four Ways Temple. You know that in the distance, beyond that 80 feet, there is a rise and a stage, and that is where that is where it happened. To that point, you hear again these four strikes as if something sharp is hitting something thick. One, two, three, four. You hear this trumpet through this area, the trumpeting sound of a loxodon. And then you hear the sound of something hard hitting stone floor. At this moment, I know exactly what's happening. 
and I'm reminding myself like this isn't real. This has already happened. I don't think I can change the outcome of this. But a flood of memories is coming back and I ask myself, what if? What do I see? Do I see, um, do I, do I see? Beyond your 60 feet of dark vision, it seems to be a void. But you know, as you were running down the stairs, every step you took seems to apparate more and more of this vision as you move forward. Okay. Sticking to the walls, I start moving a little bit faster and I'm prompting Felix to, to follow me. Okay. I'll get you both to roll stealth checks, please. It's a 25. Uh, that is a gross 16. All right. So as you begin to make your way down the left wall, sneaking behind pieces of rubble, you watch as a fiery explosion that is laced with this black ethereal arcane energy explodes in front of you and you duck instinctually. There's no heat coming off this fire, though. It seems to be strictly a vision with wisps of smoke coming off it. You also see what looks like three figures moving in front of you. Again, their forms obscured by this smoke, almost as if the memory or the realization is so buried that the features of these individuals are just completely blanked. They're just wisps of bodies, and you can see, almost followed by cloaks, these three just pass by your form, and you instinctually hide key, breathing in and out and in and out. You hear that axe beginning to grind again. You hear the sounds of hammer or nail. You hear the screams once more. I need you to roll one more sanity check for me. That one's an 18. Okay, so with that resolve, you take a deep breath. You remember who you're here with. You're still determined on what you need to do. As this space is revealing closer and closer, you can see the wreckage beginning to pile up. And it's at this point you're standing in the exact spot where you were standing when Milo held you. You look up towards the stage and you can see this black, smoky figure, this hulking figure standing eight feet tall, axe in hand. You can see him standing by a grinding wheel that one of his counterparts seemed to have brought in. You watch as he applies the axe to that wheel, spinning it the slow grinding sound returning back to your vision. At that point, you watch as well as kneeling in front of him, the form of your Loxodon friend, Bikaros. Garnered in smoke, but it becomes clearer and clearer the more you stand in this space. As you see him and hear an explosion coming from beyond, your eyes are locked in this area. You watch as he takes the axe, holds it up, moves a thumb over the blade. You watch as this figure looks directly at you, the orcish figure of Gunther. As he looks towards you and takes a few steps, you can see his white pupilless eyes are staring down at you. You watch as he holds the axe above his head, brings it down with force and strikes onto Bikaros's neck. You hear this trumpet. Didn't cut all the way through. Roll a sanity check for me. As you do that and you see it, you watch another one. Come down. Five. You fail another. And then another. And then another. And then you watch as the head is finally lopped off after four. And you watch as it bounces down the stairs. And it lands directly at your feet. The eyes of your friend. Lifeless. Blood pooling around the neck. Stump. Trunk. Curled around the face. And you can see it just looking directly at you. As you blink and you shake your head trying to get this out of your face. You look up and you can see Gunther is back by the grinding act. You can see Bikaros. His head still intact. Kneeling in front of you. It seems this is a vision that's repeating over and over in your head. Felix, you can see this happening in front of you as well. What are you going to do? I think Felix would see the distress on Key, and I'll grab your face, turn so you're staring at me instead. I'll just remind you that this is just... No, Felix, there's something here we need to stop. It's replaying. You're letting it get to you. No, I think I need to... I need to do something here to make this stop. 
Yes, but you need a clear head. As you say that, you hear the thud once more. I'm, I'm not trumpet. doing this. Not doing this anymore. I um, I shadow step straight onto the platform where Gunther is with the with the axe. Okay, I need you to roll a athletics or acrobatics check. Acrobatics. Eleven. As soon as you reappear, you watch as you you shadow step appear directly behind Gunther. You're just about to strike him, and as you do, he's holding the axe up with one hand. Bikaros's head three axe strikes into decapitation. You watch as his other hand moves behind him and grabs you by the neck. He's in full form now. His grey skin just rippling with all these muscles. The strongest individual that you had ever seen. He turns towards you. His dome-like face and massive tusks poking out of his maw looks towards you and says, I thought I'd never see you again. Well, here I am. As he he tightens the grip, throws you and shoves you off of the platform. Uh, Roll an acrobatics check. 19. You succeeded your acrobatics check. So as he shoves you, you regain your momentum in the air, flip, and then suddenly land. And at that point, Felix, you run by his side and you watch as Gunther looks towards you, this orc from your past. This assailing monk of Baltar raises the axe and lops the head off one more time. At that point, you look down at the face again. You hear the explosions coming left and right of the assailing monks of Baltar. And as you look back up at the podium, you can see Gunther back by the axe grinding wheel. Go on, Dookie. I'm going to break that goddamn axe. I shadow step back to where the grinding wheel is and I attempt to take that axe. All right. I will need you to roll a acrobatics check again. Ooh, that is a 28. Okay. So you watch again as you appear behind him, Gunther grinding this axe. And as you appear, he lets go of the handle and goes to grab you by the throat one more time. What do you do to dodge? I shadow step behind him. All right. You bamf directly behind him again. He watches his face turns towards you. You have a moment to act. What are you going to do? I hit him in the back of the head. Roll an attack. That is a seven. Okay, so your punch hits, but it's almost like hitting a brick wall. Your hand almost fracturing, breaking some of the knuckles within. You watch as he slowly moves towards Bikaros one more time. What are you doing, Felix, in this moment? I will go on straight in then, so I'll start running. And as I'm running towards, start drawing my... Radiant Souls. Radiant Souls. All right, roll your attacks. Two of them. Before he moves away, Key, as well, you can get one more strike as like a roundhouse kick as he's walking away, if you'd like. Yep. Oh, net 20. Beautiful. Both this. Okay. So as he is distracted by Felix's strikes of radiant energy, this illuminating orange and yellow light through this extremely darkened space, he hits the ground, searing it, and he hits over Gunther, the orc's shoulder. And as he ducks around, you take this opportunity to take his lowered form roundhouse kick and smack him directly in the jaw can you please roll a uh, damage die for me doubling for your crit 10 damage okay okay so at that point as you roundhouse kick him you watch as his head turns towards the side he stumbles on the axe for a little bit but then as he stands up he looks towards you and he says you can't stop this he lumbers towards once more and raises the axe as you're standing behind him and he says that to you he begins to move away from you towards Bikaros. As he does so, his axe begins to rise. Do I get an attack of opportunity? You can, yes. I'll take the attack of opportunity. Go for it. Uh, 18. That will hit. So as you hit him, what do you say to stop him in his tracks? Using a move and a reaction speed that you did not have the first time you lived through this. I hit him. I say, you're not going anywhere this time. 
I I attack and um, I, I I attack him with my knee and hit him in the in his lower lumbar region. As you do that, he doesn't move. He will take some strikes up against you. Meanwhile, uh, Felix, what would you like to be doing? Um, I'll move up. So I'm between him and Big. Okay, so Felix takes the stance in between Beakerox and Gunther, taking all your movement to get there. As you do, he will raise the axe towards you. Hey. Uh, he will get a 22, the hit. That's a hit. Uh, he will take a second strike on you, which will be a 24. That is also a hit. And then he will take his flurry of blows. So two attacks. Uh, the first one is going to be a 21 and the second one is going to be more than that. So that's a 25. So all hit. Yep. You take 49 points of damage from all four strikes as he punches upon you and hits you with the axe three times and punches you once. As he does and he smacks this beat down upon you, he kicks you across the floor. Then he looks up to you, Felix. You can see him standing there ready to go once more. It's your turn. What do you want to do? Bikuros is a Loxodon individual. You can see that he has these uh, common clothes on, but he has very fine shoes. You can see also that he has this trunk that's sort of weighing down. His head is bowed over. He appears to not be present in this space. It's almost like... It's just like a mannequin. Exactly. Yeah. It looks like he's like a lifeless incarnation of what key remembers him to be um that's the case i will shift around gunther so now i'm now between key Mm -hmm. i'll take i'll take one just for two actions against him unnatural yep that'll hit 13 points of damage yep um then i'll do a disadvantage radiant sunbolt stack 16 16 will hit uh eight points of radiant damage and I'll make that a stunning strike. All right, he'll roll con save. Ooh, maybe that will be a 11. All right, so you watch then as his stunning strike or your stunning strike lands. What does it look like as you smash him twice with radiant bolts and one, the last one with a stunning strike? I think, uh, first of all, mm. uh, Felix will do splits. As he'll do a split, he'll do um, HBK's Nutcracker. Uh-huh. And do the splits and punch him in the nuts. Pop back up. And as he pops back up, he'll upcut Gunther with a uh, radiant sunbolt. Yep. I'll then, since he is stunned, um, I'll back up to Key to say to Key, I don't think fighting him is going to work. I can't stand here and do nothing unless you can come up with something else. Both of you roll inside checks. Five minus one, so that's four. I got 19. This vision is replaying over and over in your head, Key. You're becoming more and more erratic. There is something about this moment in your past that's obviously defined you. You wish upon everything that at the time you could have saved your friend. You need to get to him. Okay. Coming to that sort of realization, I immediately... Um, since I've backed away now, mm-hmm. he's stunned. I'll use... I'll got advantage because he's stunned. Uh, well, I'm going to spend a key point to do to Radiant Sunbolt. Yep. Okay. Beautiful. So roll attacks with advantage on... 22 for the first one. One hit. And a miss for the second. Alright. Eight points. Does it look like it's doing extra damage? Or uh, the radiant damage doesn't seem to look like it's doing extra damage to him, but it is damaging him. As you hit him, you can see it's like peeling away parts of his face, like a scabbing, um, like 
like he's starting to develop scabs and pox from the attack. Uh, it's at that point as well, it gets to Key's turn. He turns around towards you and Gunther looks at you with his milky white eyes. And there's determination there. Despite the attacks and the assaults, he is stunned at this moment. But you watch as he still seems determined in his resolve to turn and chop the head off this individual. Knowing what I, what I know now, I quickly move to shield Bigros mm-hmm. from the blow that Gunther is about to do. Okay. As you run towards this space, you watch as Gunther begins to turn. And as he turns, you can see him begin to raise an axe. And as he raises the axe, it becomes Felix's turn because that's all he can do while he's stunned. <laughs> <laughs> this stun wears off though, and it looks like he's about to bring down the axe on Key. I will move around to Key, push Key out of the way. Use a shove. You have to roll an acrobatics or athletics if you're resisting. I'll, I'll resist. Yep. What'd you get, Felix? Um, so mine's just an attack, isn't it? It's a shove, so you have to use athletics. A seven. Oh, Ooh. what'd you get? Well, I got proficiency in acrobatics, so I, <laughs> I've, I've got an 18. So he comes towards you, Felix does, and you watch as he goes to shove you by the shoulder to move you. But instead you stand firm and both of you look towards each other and look back, facing this axe blow together. It seems you're both immovable. Move. So he pushes you, says move. You are not moving. I'm sorry, Felix. If I can't attack these people, I must protect my friends. I'll say, then go to your friend and I'll... Um, go into patient defense. Okay. There's your bonus action. Okay. I turn and I um, I try to converse with Bikaros. As you move towards him, you get within five feet. You can see this shadowy, wispy eminence coming off of him, this energy. The memory becomes more and more clear. You start to see the features of his face. You can see his gray skin, brown eyes, incredibly well-made shoes. And then something changes. You watch as this Loxodon figure stops looking at the ground and turns his head to look towards you and you can see him smile and then both of your vision flashes white. As that happens, you start to feel warm. You immediately heal 27 hit points as this radiant light moves over you. And it's at that point, you begin to move across this voidless space, this white space. Every step you take seems to ripple outside of the feet that you are stepping from. Felix, you're there too. As you do this smell of leather your nostrils as you look above you can see what looks like a piercing hole beginning to move through the skyscape as around you begins to turn into this brownie leathery surroundings you watch as this needle pokes through and then this leather thread follows and pokes back through the other side and that continues as if it's sewing through this leather pattern you watch as well as this leather space is being bound around what looks like a mold and you can hear the sound of nails on hammer and the humming that you knew followed Bikaros's work you're walking through the mind of a cobbler. The song follows, and as it does, you see something off in the distance, something you recognize as a workbench, and standing with the back turned on that workbench, you can see the large form of a loxodon, apron on, tools busily working to the side. He watches, he holds a hand out, and he says, Key, and pass me the ballpoint hammer. Uh, Key immediately turns around quickly and looks for the ballpoint hammer. Do I see it? You can see it exactly on the floor. I grab it and I give it straight to him. Here you go. He grabs it and begins working. He says, perfect work as always. As he turns around and he says, I thought I wouldn't see you again. I didn't think I'd see you again either. If I'm seeing you, that means bad news. Tell me why. I think you know. We're both dead. He nods. And your friend. Hi, I'm Felix. 
I'm Picaros. I'm Cobbler. Taught Key everything he knows. I heard a lot about you. Good things, I hope. All good. You watch as he takes a seat in a large leather chair, and you watch as two more apparate from the space. The smell of leather just hitting you through this whole area. A fire burns in a warm fireplace around you, and as you take a seat, two cups of warm tea rest on your laps. Bikaros moves his trunk around his neck like a scarf. And as he sits down, he kicks out a reclining area and you watch as both of his feet just kick upwards and you can see the most perfect shoes that you've ever looked at in your life. That's some fine work right there, Bikaros. Oh, only the best. And you know what I always said about good shoes, don't you, Key? Well, I do, but I like to hear from you. Good shoes will take you good places. That they do. Whip. What poor excuse for footwear do you call that? And he looks towards your gnarled toenails with bandaged wraps across them, having left with no shoes in your possession. Uh, well, I did make some poor choices, but uh, before those poor choices, I actually had a pair of uh, pair of Falchies. You owned a pair of Gregorio Falchies. It's true, yes. They were quite stunning. And you gave them up? Well, I hid them, actually. You need to get them back. I do, if I'm given the opportunity to do so. Well, I'm glad to have you here, but this footwear just won't do. Have you got something in mind? I have something in mind for you. It's time you showed me your craft. Show me what I've taught you. I stand up and uh, I immediately start rubbing my hands and I move over to the workbench. He looks towards you, Felix, and he says, You're not getting out of this either. Gestures for you to stand up next to him. You're both making shoes after all. I think you quite enjoy it. <laughs> Everything you need is right here in front of you. And you watch as he fades away. Workbench left in front of you. All the tools you'll need to make the perfect pair of shoes. How about it? See if you're not rusty. Oh, I'm definitely rusty. But I'm feeling pretty good. And I start sort of like cracking my neck, cracking my fingers. I'm like, okay, let's get started. So first thing I do is I, I um, look at the materials that I have for the boots so I imagine I can see some leather beautiful leather leathers dyed of different shades you can also see some leather cords some strings some some twine as well if that's what you wanted to use and you can also see some metallic trimmings that you may also apply you can also see some felts some fabrics and you notice that the workbench has various different molds that you might be able to heat and stretch leather over you can see rubber in one corner that also might need to be manipulated into the soles of shoes and you can see a variety of tools at your disposal. For the uh, base materials, do I see anything that I probably didn't have access to before while working as a cobbler within the convent or like a particularly rare material? Not really. It seems to be pretty much what Bikaros would have stock standard at his disposal. You, Felix, as you look at this space, completely lost. This just looks like a nice assortment of material. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll do the labor. You combine, you tell me which materials we'll use. And you pass me tools. Let's start with um, a base material. We've got your leathers over here, belts. What should we do? Well, I think we should get your boots done first. That's what we're doing. So what color? What color? You want to go straight to color? We have, we have different leathers of different colors. Okay. Well, uh, let's, let's go with orange. Orange. I'll look for an orange piece of leather. Uh, roll a perception check. Actually, investigation. Investigation is 8 minus 1. This is be a 7. 
Okay, so you with your brand new eye are a little bit colorblind. As you pick out this leather key, you can see that it is more of a burgundy or a, a deeper sort of brownish burgundy maroon than an orange. Felix looks so proud of himself. You know what, Felix? This will do. Very well. Thank you. I, uh, I take it and I lay it across onto the bench and I start looking at wanting to, um, you know, uh, beat it for its elasticity. Mm -hmm. So I ask for a uh, wooden mallet. Do you have a wooden mallet though? Yeah, you do. You pass him one. And you begin to work this piece of leather. I'd like you to roll a sleight of hand check, please, as this is a finessed beating and not a smashing an iron onto an anvil kind of beating. That is a 21. With perfect precision. And you watch as Key's hands have been used to dismantle so many things, including human beings over the time that you've known him, Felix. It's a welcomed change to see him creating something. He watches you shape these boots into whatever structure takes your fancy with proficiency. I turn these into a into a low cut ankle boot. No, nothing too fancy. In particular, making sure that the uh, toe box is not too narrow because we don't want the shoes to change our feet, but rather our feet stay the same within. It's rather broad, broad and uh, cuts up to the ankle. So I master a leather um, pair of leather boots um, and I ask Felix to pass me a, a felt. We will outline the um, the base. Oh, just just the, the fore part of the boot with some felt. Okay, with what? my eighth intelligence. <laughs> you, know oh. what, you know what felt is. <laughs> I'll look for felt. All right, uh, I'd like you to roll an insight check to perhaps understand <laughs> what color Felix and what style, uh, sorry, key would enjoy with this boot type. 19. The perfect match, despite Sorry. your color blindness, to the perfect leather boot. As he gives it to you, key, you are surprised at the, the togetherness of <laughs> this uh, actual selection. It's almost as if he were a fashion designer himself. The boy is a natural. <laughs> I don't know about that. Thank you, Felix. I take it off him and uh, I cut. Um, so these are for the toe points. Okay, so they will be cut into the shape of the the top of the of the boot in a fashion purely for aesthetic aesthetic purposes. All what right. color was his felt? What goes with burgundy, Adam? What goes with burgundy? <laughs> Ron. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Inspiration. I'll say it's a you know what? A real uh, the color of like mahogany. I like it. Mahogany, nice. Yep. So um, I cut that out, and then I start to sew it through um, the leather as All best right. as I can. So because you're fixing a natural substance, I'll say make a nature check. Nature check, not sleight of hand. No, I'm varying it up for you. Sad. It's <sighs> a nat twenty, bro. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> so as you make these boots, every sew that you put into this space seems to seal some arcana from this realm around you into the boot itself. The thread you're using begins to glow and this filigreed pattern begins to emanate down the sides of the boot and you can see that there is definitely an arcane substance throughout. As you're making this boot, you watch as well, Felix, that there appears to be just the most beautiful creation in front of both of your eyes at this moment. And as you take a step back and see that the boot is completely finished, you're very satisfied with your work. You hear a sound from behind you. 
I knew you had it in you, boy. I turn around and I'm like, Beakeros, look what I made. Ah, you seem surprised. Are my teachings not? Obviously, it instilled some good in you. You made me, made me become the best. I don't think you could have done it without the help of your friend. True, true. He chose the uh, mahogany to go onto the um, burgundy. <laughs> so it appears that teamwork has made the dream work. <laughs> uh, these shoes will certainly take you some good places, Key, but for your efforts, I've also fashioned a pair for your friend. You watch as he puts a pair next to them. These two pairs of boots side by side. Can you please roll d4s? I got a two. I got four. Felix, you look at yours and they are a deep, deep green, almost to like a like a darkish gray sort of green. You can see it is embezzled with these golden filigrees around the side. And as you look at them and hold them, they are beaming with energy. You can just feel the potential from these shoes. You have boots of leaping. You, Key, look at these boots that you have just constructed and made. These burgundy inspirations that have been driven by friendship. You're so lucky to have been here to have made these with your friends to see your mentor once again. You have boots of luck. So that means that once per day you may re-roll a d20 and use that result instead of or use the most preferred result. Essentially you have one roll of lucky for the day whilst wearing these boots. And you can also use it on other people's rolls. So you can use it on mine to make me roll again and take the lower or the one that you prefer or you could use it on Felix so he can roll something again it's up to you so it's like inspiration I can use to give to someone once per day more versatile version of inspiration mm-hmm. yeah yep alright can I get it back after a, a long rest mm-hmm. okay they get one per long rest Beakeross takes a stand back both of you with your new boots and he says mm, try them on I um don't don't hesitate. I quickly make sure my feet is uh, as clean as they possibly can be, and uh, wriggle my toes in as I put them on. Can my boots take a form? Sure. I just sort of want mine to look more like greaves and sort of cover the, the top of my fore foot. Yep. And up my shin, I leave my pad of my foot open. Open. Yeah. Perfect. So as you slide them on and begin to strap and affix these boots to your your person, you both stand up proud, and it's almost like you grow two inches standing side by side, and Beakeross stands in front of you. He is a towering loxodon. He moves and puts a hand on both of your shoulders, and he says, Now that's better, isn't it? And as he says that, you hear his voice fade away, and your surroundings fade also. You watch as you look at each other, and your eyes flash white once more. That's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. We want to thank you so much for tuning in every single week to catch up with our cast members and listen to our stories that we hold so dear. Guys, you've become an amazing part of this community and we want to thank you for sharing in this odyssey. Now, this tale has been Lullaby playing Key, Adam playing Felix and myself at the Dungeon Master. And if you want to get to know those players a little bit more, then you can do so on our Instagram page. That's at D&D Valiant Odyssey on Instagram. We also hold Q&As on our Patreon page, which is at patreon.com 
forward slash D&D Valiant Odyssey. And it's here that you can really sink your teeth into some Valiant Odyssey content in the form of Tales of the Taproom. This is where we break down the previous episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. And I talk to some of my cast members while playing a hilariously funny quest that shows their linguistic talents. We talk pop culture and we just generally bond as friends over a hobby that we all enjoy. So if you want to be a part of that, you can do so at our amazing Patreon. If you want to support us in another way, then you can just simply tell a friend about our podcast. Word of mouth goes a really, really long way for podcasts, especially ones like ours. So go share the Odyssey with somebody who you think would enjoy it. Your next episode is already out because we have been very generous for the launch of season three. So we hope you enjoy that one. And as always, be valiant. Be valiant.